0: Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. All right, so how many of you could use a little fire this morning? Huh? I mean, I I love the fire of God because it burns off everything that can be burned and leaves me without me and all of him. That's the backup plan, okay? How many of you need a backup plan? I mean, first Jesus, yes. Yes. He is what I needed to, like, rearrange my mind and find life. But then I needed the Holy Spirit. And that was the fire of God coming in and consuming all of me. Because guess what? I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, but it really doesn't matter next to Jesus. Our focus is on Christ. He is the one that gives us hope. He is the one that fills us. He's the one that makes us look at a world where we can see a lot of things that seem impossible and get excited. All right. I get super excited about the word impossible. When people come to me and say, how are you going to do school in two weeks? But God, right. But before I get way into this, because I'm super pumped and excited when I saw the, I hadn't seen the video. So I was like, that's so perfect. I mean, I did hold the fire and I did wear the bug suit um which my lovely husband had given to me cuz he knows I hate bugs and I'm not a camper but I can't because I love my husband and my kids they love to camp so every year since we've been married we go camping and even before I wanted to go camping we used to do youth ministry here many moons ago my husband and I and we used to take our youth camping some of you old people now remember going camping with the Itenbrooks. <laughs> we had a greasy watermelon we threw in the water i mean we did all kinds of crazy things um more stories later, but I want to thank pastor Matt and Deb. I know that they, they, they are people that for me are like spiritual mom and dad. They are people that, um, have stood with us through some really difficult times in our family. Um, and they are definitely mentors to my husband and I, anytime we go through something that's major, we are calling them. And when we go through something that's a celebration, we are calling them, um, because we love them and because God has put them as authorities over us. Now I appreciate being a person under authority. Because there is protection in that place. And so Pastor Matt and Deb, you know, and they're celebrating today 28 years together. That's pretty amazing. What a great example of the faith to know that we have pastors who have stuck together for 28 years. Um, I have never seen a man of God more honoring to his wife than Pastor Matt. He is the epitome of what every husband should want to be like. And when we spend time with them, it's such a blessing because he honors Pastor Deb. He loves Pastor Deb, and Pastor Deb honors him. And so that's, that's pretty cool. Now, it is Pastor Deb's birthday tomorrow. I am not allowed to reveal her age, um, and I think that's completely her business, right? But let's just say if you guys could flood her with cards or text messages or I don't know if she looks at Facebook or I'm just not very popular on social media. So whatever form you communicate to Pastor Deb, send her a message tomorrow and tell her happy birthday. Okay, that will mean a lot to to her. So some of you may not have met me before. My name is Heidi, as Michaela had alluded to, and I do have a husband. Now, you don't see him super often. He's actually working today. Um, My husband's name is Ben. He is a police officer here in Stevens Point. He is a sergeant with Stevens Point Police Department. Um, And he is a man of righteousness. He is a man that I have no problem submitting to. And you're going to love what he prayed this morning. He he left for work at 5 a.m. And before he left, he came over and I was not ready to leave the house yet. And he put his hands on me and he prayed and he just said, let her be brief. And let her be powerful, right? So um, if you want to eat quick, ask Ben to pray because he's going to step on it. Um, But seriously, uh, I got married when I was 29. And some of you guys are waiting on that person. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm 21. Well, guess what? God is faithful, and it is always best to wait for his best. I know for me, I had gotten to a place in my life probably around 25 where I was finally like, you know what? If this never happens, I am content in the Lord. It's easier to serve God without all this other stuff going on. Um, And then suddenly, here came my knight in shining armor. It's kind of funny. We both moved to Stevens Point in 1999. We didn't know each other. Who knew Stevens Point could produce such an amazing, you know, connection? I had no idea. Um, I moved here to work at the university, and he moved here to be a police officer, and we met here at Refuge, and so that was pretty cool. I was doing college age ministry at the time, and we were both pretty young. um, But suddenly there he was, and he's like, "How can I help? What can I do?" You know, we should do fun things. And I'm like, no, we should pray. We should pray. We should pray. He was just like, you're crazy. And I'm like, I am so crazy for the Lord. And so I couldn't get too distracted by other things. But he was smart because you can't do college age ministry, right, guys, without doing something fun. So he was all about the fun activities and I was all about let's pray. So together um, we saw lots of people come to know the love of Christ, um, which is really cool. So getting on in our story, um, we've been married 17 years, and that has produced for us four children. Two of them are here today. They're in the back there, Elise and Asher. Um, our first son, his name is Benjamin, after my husband, different middle names. Um, but just want to share with you briefly, for us, so we got married and we thought, okay, year one, we're not going to have kids. We're just going to enjoy being married, right? So then, let's have kids year two. Well, it didn't happen. We're like, okay, year three. Didn't happen. You're four. Didn't happen. Okay, what's going on? (laughs) You know, um, I had, when I was younger, I had had a tumor on my pituitary gland, and that controls your hormones. But the Lord had healed that, and miraculously, after eight years of asking God to do what only he could do, I received a total, complete healing, had MRI scans, showed zero tumor. Um, You know, so now we're believing God for kids and wondering, what's the deal? And so I had to de-stress my life. Anybody feeling stress right now? I know some of you guys have gotten pregnant during this season. (laughs) My body during stress does not say let's have a kid, right? (laughs) But so I I begin to de-stress. We begin to just pray and believe God. And lo and behold, then came Benjamin um, five years after we had anticipated, um, you know, because you just make a plan and you think it's going to just work the way I plan it. God has such a bigger plan. Um, so Benjamin came along, and when we named our kids, we were that, that people that didn't leave the hospital with, like, two seconds to spare to get the name on that document, okay? So they're like, what's the name? What's the name? What's the name? And I take really seriously every word. I mean, I'm a firm believer in Proverbs 18.21, that death and life are in the power of our tongue. Now, kind of to the, like, extremist you guys, do you guys like extremists? Some people do, and some are like, get away from me. But when it comes to the words we speak, I get a little extreme. And now I need correction, and the cool thing is my husband is quick to help me with that. Because, I, I don't know, husbands, do your wives ever just, like, fall into a rant? Like, whoa, how is it going to work? Ooh. Okay, so sometimes I do that. And he's like, hey, I thought you had a word on that. And I say, thank you so much for stopping me. Because we don't want to pray one thing. And then walk out and destroy it because we're letting this filth come from us. In fact, the word of God tells us that if we can control our tongue, we will control our entire life. You just Google it. You'll find the scripture reference. Um, So with all of our kids, we specifically name them something with meaning. And so our oldest is Benjamin. His name means son of my right hand, which speaks of authority. And um, I'll tell you... He is a young man of great humility, and yet when he prays for people, he has seen them recover. Uh, I remember many years ago, I think he was in first grade, he prayed for Mr. Almond, who had a really bad headache, and Mr. Almond was like, it's gone. And I was like, Jesus, Jesus is so good, right? So kids, this morning, I am so excited you guys are in here, because I absolutely love you, and um, you're not going to make too much noise. So parents, just it's okay. I'll be louder than them. It'll it'll be totally fine. Okay, our next daughter child uh, is Hadessa. Her name means myrtle, joy, or strong in the Lord. And if you look up what a myrtle tree is, it's cut down to even if it's cut down to a stump, to absolutely nothing but a stump, its roots will sprout again. And so I tell you, if you've met Hadessa. She's got one strong, sweet personality, and nothing's going to knock her down because she will find her way in the Lord and be built back up again. And again, we're saying her name over her every day, multiple times a day. And, yep, I'm that person. I want to make sure I pick a name I want to say over my kid. So Asher, who's right back there, he's seven. um, His name means blessed, fortunate, happy. Hello, that is so cool. Like, so, and he truly, if you spend some time with Asher, he's usually smiling, running around, maybe a little crazy, but the kid's happy, which is awesome. Elise, our final child, her name means God is my perfection. And Abigail is her middle name, which means father's joy. And um, she has definitely brought so much joy to our family. So, Elise, are you listening still? Elisa's just turned five, so she is now a full hand. Any kids in the room just turned five or five years old? No five-year-olds? Yes, you guys are doing awesome. If I was five and had to listen to this older person, whoa, you guys are, you're doing amazing. Um, So as far as my like growing up. I grew up in a Christian home. My my parents, when they married, my dad was Catholic. My mom was Lutheran. And it was kind of a cool combination in the sense that my mom believed that you read the Bible. And so we read the Bible and we had a relationship with Jesus. And I can remember knowing Jesus from like super little and believing that I could walk on water because that's what the Bible says, right? I could be like Peter. I could walk on water. Of course we have to listen, right? Because... Jesus called him out of the boat, you know, so I'd stand at the end of my dock and just look and wonder, can I, can I do this? Can I just, (laughs) I never did. I didn't get that much, like, just go for it. But I have awesome parents. They just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. um, And what an accomplishment that is. My dad just got the word. He just told me this yesterday that he is free from prostate cancer. Um, So praise God for that. Yeah. Pretty amazing. My mom, always prayed. And she never gave up. I had one brother who's older than me. And growing up, um, my brother was the one he worried about. <laughs> he, he drove and drank and did all kinds of stuff. He rolled his car several times. And my mom was just always praying for him. And the coolest thing is he, he got married. Before he got married, they had had a child. But now they have three girls. All of them love Jesus. All of them spirit-filled. All of them serving God today. And, and evangelizing. So it's like I look at his life and I go, oh, just keep praying, moms. <laughs> keep praying. I mean, I was the selfish one full of pride. So I needed prayer too. Like I was no perfect child. Let me tell you, I had my issues. I looked perfect on the outside, sort of. But I had a lot of issues in my heart that God had to deal with. So a little bit more about me. Um, I, after I graduated from high school, I went to the University of Wisconsin at River Falls and got a degree there. From there, I went to Bible college college. Um, and that was an amazing experience for me just really coming into a place where I was being taught God's word constantly and it rearranged my whole thinking. Um, I don't know about all of you, but I think the way we think determines what we speak. And I needed my thinking to become in line in order with God's word so that I would begin to speak in agreement with his word. After Bible college, um, I actually came here to Stevens Point and got a whole other uh, college of learning. I was a hall director here at the university, and I had one kid jump out a window one day. I had another kid come after me with a knife. I mean, I was, like, going from, like, the Bible Belt, Ohio, to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, who at the time was, like, top in binge drinking. I'm not sure where we rank today. Um, you, guys, you guys are college students. Where do we rank today? No. Okay. Okay. But anyway, so I'm sure it's still kind of high on campus, right? Uh, A little bit of alcohol here. And so I was in shock. I'm like, what did I I just walked away from the land of Jesus into the land of alcohol and, (laughs) and just other stuff. Right. But either way, exciting. And I learned in those moments how to trust God. Cause I'm like, what's going on? because these were people, these were students that I absolutely adored and loved. God had sent me here. This was like my mission field. I'm like, I'm going to bring Jesus to the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. And wow, I had a great time doing that. Um, But some things kind of surprised me. I was like, all right, I'm being built in my battles. This is super fun. Um, So from there, um, being on campus, like I said, I met my husband. Suddenly, I ended up leaving the university and working here as um, the person over our volunteers, and we had a Bible college. Eventually, they said, Heidi, can you go help in the school? And I was like, the school? Like, let's just be really honest. The first time Pastor Dub asked me to do kids' church, I was, like, scared to death. So I am the least likely person that should become a principal. Okay because as a kid I would babysit and this one family I babysat for had two boys. They locked me out of the house. Like I walked home. I'm like, "Forget this. I am not watching children." So Pastor's like, "You know, we see you love Jesus. Can you help in kids church?" And I'm like, "And do what? I don't even know how to talk to a kid." Anybody feel like that today? You just I don't even know how to talk to a kid. So Um, I said yes, because I do love to serve. And so if my pastors are going to present a need to me, I'm going to say yes, because it's a need. And then I'm going to believe God, because for me, that was like walking on water, like put me with small children. I don't even know how to have a conversation. Um, But I went, and eventually I fell in love with them. And it's amazing how God can take your course, and you think you're walking, and you know exactly where you're going. I thought I'd be on college campuses all my life. Like, that was it. And then he just shifted my view and and what he had for me. So suddenly, here I am. And I'm like, okay, I'll help run a school. So I helped for several years. And then we had this lovely thing called accreditation. And um, let's just say they looked at my resume, and they said, you don't have a master's degree in education. I was like, yeah, no, it's my way out. Thank you, Jesus. So, I mean, it was like this required thing. And I'm like, okay, pastors, like, I've said yes. You know, I've gone along with this. This must be where we get to lay it down and I get to go to, back to campus. Um, and they just said, well, pray about it, Heidi. And at that time I was married, so they said, pray, Heidi, and Ben. And we didn't have any kids yet, and we prayed. And we prayed. And I kept feeling like I was supposed to do this, and I kept thinking, let's keep praying. And maybe the answer will change. (laughs) I mean, come on. Have you ever felt that way? God, just, I I heard it, but just maybe you could rearrange that. Um, So needless to say, I ended up going to graduate school. And during that time, we had three kids. And Elise is so blessed because she, we had her at the very end. I think I was in my last year of school. And so she's gotten spoiled to death by me because, you know, you're going to you know, get your master's degree at the same time you're working full-time, at the same time you're having all these kids, let's just say some of my older children maybe didn't get all of my attention. Now, Elise, we just cuddle all the time. It's so much fun. But anyways, I, I am so blessed that God has a plan. You know, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, 11, we say, we read this and we know that his word declares, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans to prosper you. they are plans to give you a hope and to give you a future. And that's for all of us. And I am so thankful that no matter when I made a plan and it wasn't his, he redirected the plan. He got me in a place where he could keep me where he wanted me to be. Now let's just fast forward. Okay. Cause you don't need my whole story. I don't know about all of you guys, but when COVID hit in March, I was kind of surprised, um, that I would suddenly have to pivot our school. You know, we have a K through 12 school here. If you're not familiar, Stevens Point Christian Academy, um, to suddenly go to online. And I just want to say thank you. We have one of our new teachers back here, Ms. Grace Shaday. She just joined our team. Um, And we have another teacher over here, Mrs. Taylor. Um, If there's other teachers here, I'm glad you're here. But those are the ones sticking out to me. So we had to just suddenly pivot and go online like everybody else, right? And our teachers did awesome with that. And at the same time, we're dealing with COVID-19 and just everything that goes with that and the fear and the struggle. And for our family, I don't know what you guys did, but I I just was like, okay, Lord, help us get through this. And what he spoke to me to do, not audibly, but very clearly, was be thankful. And so every day at our dinner table, when we get, you know, we we made a purpose as a family. Um, We still do this, to have supper together. And every night, especially during those first three months, every night, my kids had to go around the table, my husband and I too, what are we thankful for? What are we thankful for? There's always something, even if you can't go anywhere, and let's face it, moms and dads, it can get a little stressful. How about kids? Like, is it not just a tiny bit stressful? You get to play with only your siblings? Oh my goodness. And then those of you that have no siblings, whoa, you get to play with mom and dad. (laughs) Like, It's a little complicated. But I was like, let's just purpose to get our hearts set on what God's heart is on. What can we be thankful for? And so every night, I was always amazed. My kids would share something that they were thankful for. Now, fast forward that just a couple of, of months, and, you know, we saw what happened in our nation to George Floyd, and there's not one person that, from what we saw, from what the media presented, would say that that was okay. That tore our hearts apart to watch. Um, and, hello, like I said, my husband's a police officer. Um, So we went to praying because what's going on in our nation? Like, I could deal with COVID-19. That seemed like nothing because it affected me differently. Now, my kids are looking at me at times like, when's dad going to be home? Like, they were more aware. And there were times, and I know we live in Stevens Point, right? There's no crime here. Not true. But um, (laughs) there were times before I was more worried because I knew what he was dealing with. I mean, I was watching way too much news news. And this was the big thing he had to say to me. Just shut it off, Heidi. What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, seriously? He's like, don't worry about it. Like, you need to pray. Um, and so what I want to share with you is the scripture out of Hebrews eleven thirty-three 33 through 34. Now, for years, this verse was a key verse for us. It talks about Jesus taking us from strength to strength. And he is turning our weaknesses into strength. So in Hebrews eleven thirty-three, 33, it says, who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. Now this was a verse that I had been clinging to for years. Suddenly it was like, OK, strength to strength. There, I am weak right here, right now, and I need God to be strong. Um, what he spoke to me to do was to pause, to listen, to remember that greater is he that's within us than he who is in this world. God didn't change when chaos hit. There's nothing about God that ever changes. He is our constant. We can look at First John 4.4. 4. It says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. Now, we do not fight against people. We fight against principalities, spiritual things that we cannot even see or understand or comprehend. I mean, I went to praying and I still do it. Uh, Our chief here is Tom Zenner, and I pray. God, send warring heavenly angels to surround him. Surround all of those that are serving, all people. Bring salvation, bring healing, bring your righteousness into our community. This isn't a, a sided issue. This is, we need the life of God to come and invade us. We need change. And we need it to come by the power of Jesus, not the power of man, because it's not about us boasting in like, hey, I just made the greatest revelation, and suddenly everybody changed and had unity. No, we need Jesus, the hunger, the passion that we burn for. It has got to be the cross that has already paid the price so that every single person can experience love, so every person can experience that God created us in his image, in his likeness. Um, If you want to walk on water, you've got to be willing to take some risk. Um, And this is a risky verse to share. People get a little irritated by this verse, I think. But it should remind us when we're in a battle that we're doing something right. All right. Psalm 34, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The righteous person faces many troubles. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. And in the message it says, disciples so often get into trouble, still God is there every single time. Now I want to tell you guys that faith is a force that penetrates. And when we look at that mustard seed kind of faith that we see in the book of Hebrews, I want you guys to take a look at this video of my son Asher, who was willing to just jump in the water and penetrate it. Okay, so he had a blast doing that. He did, this was just this past week. And he did that over and over again. And it, remind, it was this reminder because that was that same dock that I sat on as a kid saying, can I walk, can I step on the water, can I step out of the boat? And, he, of course, he had on his life jacket, but he went sailing down the dock, jumped right in the water without a thought in the world, okay? We need to picture faith the same way. When we have a word from the Lord... We can jump in the water and not wonder, is he going to catch us? God is there. He is faithful, and he will catch us. Faith is a force that penetrates. I was talking to Pastor Matt about this, and something that he said to me that I thought was so good, and it relates to when we're speaking and what we're saying, and are we speaking those things that we just prayed? Are we cultivating faith? He said, if we are speaking words of unbelief, we're being held back from what God has for us. He went on to say this, this is really the key right here. The devil is a legalist. He takes our words and uses them against us. I'm going to say I'm going to read this one more time, Pastor Matt. I just thought this was so good when he said this to me. I'm like, this is this is key. If we are speaking words of unbelief, we're being held back from what God has for us. The devil is a legalist. He takes our words and uses them against us. Now, we already alluded to Proverbs 18, 21, death and life in the power of our tongue. Are we allowing God to use our words? When we we go praying and believing God to bring unity in our nation, do we go back the next moment and suddenly declare there's not? Do we believe his word? He is the word. He is the faithful one. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ Jesus. When Jesus spoke, people were amazed because he spoke as one with authority. We see this in Luke 4, verse 32. Now, Jesus lived exactly what he said. He was who he said he was. Just like the songs we sang today, he made us in his image, in his likeness. Our DNA comes from him. It comes from the blood of Jesus. There's no doubt in my mind that when we speak, we speak as the words of God. Because he gave us that power to speak. He said one word, light be. He created the universe. That light has not stopped. God is amazing. Um, when we look at 2 Corinthians five seventeen, it says, Therefore, if anyone, this includes everyone here, is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old passes away. Behold, everything becomes new. Again, Pastor Matt and I were talking yesterday, and he said, Our new reality is found in Jesus Christ. We need to focus on the new reality that Jesus has already won the battle. All right? Now, Paul had this lovely thorn in his flesh. How many of you have a thorn in your flesh? I think I have several. OK, <laughs> things that just like I'm tripping over and over again. But we see this in Second Corinthians twelve nine through 10. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I can boast all the more in my weaknesses because the power of God is made perfect in them. And when we get the image, so I want to just kind of remind you. So God called me from the university and said, go into like K-12 education. Shocking idea to me, right? But as I began to study in my master's program and see the philosophy of education that we would bring in a Christian school compared to the other ideals, I began to see the main base is found in Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. And this is not rocket science. This isn't some huge, big new revelation, right? But this is so simple and so being attacked right now all around our nation, all around the nations of this world, so much confusion on this one thing. So in the message Bible, it says, let us make human beings, and sorry, not the Bible, the message paraphrase. I've got theologians in the room. I want to make sure I say this right. So, but I just like how it said this. So in the message, it says, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. He didn't change his mind. When he made you kids, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that. When you were being formed even before you were in your mom's tummy, he already knew you. He knew the plan he had for you and he didn't change his mind about you. It's a plan for good and not for evil. Um, I'm going to share one more video. And this is a video of Elise and just check it out. I think that her words are going to speak loud. Uh hi. What's your name? Any shall go I to who made you? God. Who is God? <laughs> What's his name? Does God have a name? Yes. Do you know what it is? Jesus. He's the king. Is your name Ed? No. I'm at least Edward I think. I think you're a princess. Nope. I am a princess, but I am Elise Agro-Edgemark. think you look like a frog. I am not. I am Elise Agro-Edgemark. Who gave you that name? God. Are you sure that's your name? Yeah. I think you look like a flower. Nope. I am a least I go, I Are you sure? Yep. Could I convince you that you are a lollipop? No. I am a leaf, I go, I What's that thing moving in the water, Mom? That brown thing? Mm. A shell. All right, so this girl knows who she is. She knows that she was created in the image of God, that she was created to be a sweet little girl, that her name is Elise Abigail Lightenbrook. Do you know who you are today? Do you know who you are today? God didn't change his mind about you. He made you in his image, in his likeness. This is for all of us. You know, it's easier for a child to understand this than it is for us old people because we've cluttered our brain with all of the world's thinking. And yet, faith like a child. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified. It says, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Now I have a couple questions to ask you and, and just to think about in regards to, I think the strongest thing that we just heard was from Elise. She knows who she is. Kids, you can speak some of the strongest words to us. We need to hear your voice. You have a voice. You have a voice here at Refuge. We value you. We are so glad that you're part of Refuge. Every child, every baby, every person, and we value Joan and Harold. There's not a person that does not have significance. There's not a group that we don't love and value, right? Because we were all made in his image and his likeness. And in a world that tries to take away our hope, We have to ask ourselves some important questions. Is it our goal to cancel people or encourage them into the destiny that God has made for them? What's our goal? Your value is determined by Jesus Christ. He died for you. He sees you as whole and restored. Nothing gets me more upset than watching people miss the mark of what God has made them to be, young or old the confusion that's happening today to take away and rob the simple things. Rob a child from understanding that God made them to be a little girl, that God made them to be a little boy. Rob any one of us from what God made us to be. It sounds simple, and yet it's so important. The base of how we teach, knowing that we are teaching on a level that every person was made in the image of God, it changes everything about how we teach. It changes how we value each other, how we love one another. We have to ask the Lord what we've believed about ourselves and about others that's a lie. We have to ask him to show us those things because we walk around every day, sometimes with our head low, because we're believing a lie. We're forgetting that he made us to be more than conquerors, that he made us overcomers, that he made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that with him we can do all things, that there's no weapon formed against us that can prosper, that there's nothing that can by any means harm us. If we walk around believing what the culture saying, we will die quickly. But if we believe what God is saying, we will live and we will not die. We will declare the goodness of the Lord to the nations and to the places that he calls us to. We will not miss the mark because we can believe by faith what he says about us. Now, here's the game changer. Some of us today are sitting here and going, okay, so what are you talking about? What's what's the thing that's going to make this make sense? Number one, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's understanding that Jesus came and dwelt among us. God sent his only son to this earth in the flesh to pay the price that we could not pay. And so many of us already believe that today. And I just want to ask you to pray with me. This is going to be one of the shortest confessions of our faith that you've ever done. And so if you could just repeat with me, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. So we're going to follow him. We're going to give him our life. We're going to walk that out every day. Now, the second game changer for me was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was praying in the Holy Spirit and praying in a way that I didn't understand the total importance of. But in the same sense, it rearranged my thinking. It took me to a place where I could begin to think the thoughts that God thinks. We see in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, it says, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Now, this is how I pray. And this is typically how I pray when I'm alone or with people that pray in that same way. Like, obviously, I'm not going to do that right here today in this church. But what I do is I pray in the Holy Spirit, and then I pray in English. And what God is doing in that moment is he is taking what he prayed and he's rearranging my mind. He's getting a hold of my thought patterns and he is putting them how he wants them to be. So the most amazing thing happens in that instance. The Holy Spirit comes and invades my mind. I need to think the thoughts of God. I have one 60 second video left for you. And I'm going to ask the the media folks to play this. At the end of the video, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want to thank you all for your great attention. During this video, I'm going to ask you guys to just focus in, and it's a video of fire, and ask the Lord to consume you as you watch this, that he would consume your thoughts. Um, I filmed it, so it's not like, you know, from like Hollywood, but it is from my phone, so it's all right. So just take a peek. As I looked into this fire, as I was filming, I was like, that's it. That's the fire of God burning within us what he wants. All right, let's take a look. If you could all close your eyes and give Jesus your total attention. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to see ourselves as you do. Jesus, remind me who I am and let me know who you are. Jesus, birth vision in me for who you've made me to be. I want to see what you see and hear what you hear and know what you know. I have been crucified with Jesus Christ. Old things pass away and all things become new. Jesus, we thank you today that greater is he that lives in us than he who lives in this world. Please join us in worship. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.